I'm Christy Gupton, and I'm an Employee Benefits Advisor. Welcome to Healthcare Solutions, a podcast where we explore innovations in healthcare, cost containment strategies, and employee well-being. We'll discuss every way possible to turn our healthcare system back into the kind of environment where patient care comes first and costs go down as a result. I invite you to join me to hashtag Let's Fix Healthcare. Doctors all over the country are figuring out that managed care and the insurance reimbursement revenue cycle isn't what it's cracked up to be. More and more medical practices are looking into operating on a cash basis with patients and a direct contract basis with employers. Today's episode features Dr. Jordan Johnson of Morganton Chiropractic, who after years of operating under the fee-for-service model accepting insurance reimbursements for the care he delivered, decided to open up under a different model. Listen here as Dr. Johnson explains how working directly for and with your patients has changed his entire outlook on healthcare. Hello, today we're talking with Dr. Jordan Johnson of Morganton Chiropractic. This is a chiropractic office that operates in my hometown, and I want you to meet Dr. Johnson and understand how um, he is uh, practicing in a very transparent way um, in an open and uh, cash-based business. So I'm excited to introduce you to Dr. Jordan Johnson today. Thanks, Dr. Johnson, for joining us. Thank you so much, Christy, for having me this morning. It's a pleasure to be here. So I want to tell the story to everyone about how I found you. So um, I think it was about, it's going on two years ago, I'm pretty sure, and I had uh, visited a chiropractor in the Charleston, South Carolina area that my mom had been going to and getting some very good results from, and I was having some issues myself, you know, um, neck pain, hip pain, um, some tingling um, sensations, some muscle spasms. I was I was having some issues, <laughs> and um, uh, so I was driving down the road one morning, and I saw this big orange sign that said "Now Open." <laughs> I think I the person caught us that first week, <laughs> right? Yeah, I think the person driving behind me will probably had to slam on brakes because I did an immediate left turn. You know, right into your parking lot, and um, pulled up, put it in park, walked right, marched myself right into the door, and I said, "Okay, tell me about yourselves. I'm I am really um, excited to see that you have opened." Well, um, Tracy at your front desk, which happens to be your lovely wife, yeah, face of the business, <laughs> exactly. You 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 chose a good one there. Yes. Um, she says to me, "Well, we're we're brand new. We're um, just opening," and she pulled out some. Um, information to show to me and she and she kind of stopped herself pretty early in the conversation and she said now I need you to know that we're a cash-based business we don't file insurance and back at that time remember it's about two years ago mm-hmm. um, I was just starting to learn about direct contracting um, between providers and employers for the purpose of you know paying for high quality health care so I, my eyes got big, and I looked at her, and I said, really? <laughs> Tell me more about that. And so she went on, 
And um, honestly, she had me at cash-based business, but I didn't lead on to that. I, I let her continue to tell me about it. And, and she made the point. She said, this is one of the reasons uh, why we can keep our costs down and how we can spend more time with patients by not chasing around insurance companies to reimburse us. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, that's a key thing. This patient time is really important. And she clearly said, we keep our costs down. So in other words, there's a cost associated with the billing of insurance policies for reimbursement. Um, and at least she, you, you two had quantified that and decided it wasn't worth it. The, the juice wasn't mm-hmm. worth the squeeze, right? Yeah. So she went on a little bit and then I said, well, okay. And I pulled out my insurance card. Now, moment of full disclosure here. I am a a benefits advisor, uh, certified, accredited with the Health Rosetta. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people understand at this point that folks like us really crave transparency and we, we love to challenge insurance companies. But I'm a small brokerage, right? I only have a few employees. And so I myself am on my husband's employer-sponsored health plan that is um, administered by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mm -hmm. North Carolina, (laughs) right? So even all the things that I rail against um, as as an advisor and a professional, I'm stuck inside of it myself, right? I'm still (laughs) using that mess. And um, even though I'm a little embarrassed of that, I, I could explain more of why that is, but I, I'll tell the audience and for every, all of my other Health Rosetta friends, I, I'm trying to avail myself of those handcuffs, but um, I haven't yet. And two years ago when I walked in this office, I, sure, I certainly hadn't done that then either. So I pulled out my insurance card and I say to Tracy, well, okay, so tell me what the cost is and um, I'll let you you tell what the cost is, and then I'll, I'll pick my story back up in a minute. Go ahead and tell what you've decided your cash-based fees are going to be for this practice. Yeah, so um, I structured this based on um, kind of looking at, basically I re- uh, reverse engineered it kind of. Um, I figured out what I needed to live comfortably as a, as a, as a person and a family. Uh, I needed... Um, I figured out how many people I wanted to visit or see per week because I'd worked in a high volume practice and I knew I'd, I wasn't spending enough time with people. Um, so I wanted to spend a little bit more time. So I figured out how many people I wanted to see per week and then what I eventually, what I could cost or charge per visit. And if I was comfortable and I would be comfortable paying that mm-hmm. if I was to go see a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. Um, so our initial fee for an adult um, is $70, so that includes an adjustment uh, and uh, about an hour, 45-minute exam. Um, there's a lot of education that goes on. Uh, I feel that's a big part that a lot of physicians um, across the board, chiropractors included, uh, don't um, do enough of. So I try to make sure I do a bit of that so mm-hmm. the person's walking out learning something that first appointment. Um, and then treatment visits after that are um, 35 Um and there's other ways to if uh, to lower that if people are willing to commit to plans or commit to their care recommendations that they can lower that because it makes it easier on us um, and saves us time. So back to my story, I pull out my insurance card after she tells me that, 
And I look at it, and in North Carolina, chiropractors are um, stuck in the specialist uh, (laughs) tier. And so I look at the specialist copay on my card, and it's $75. Now, I'm not great at math, but I'm at least good enough to take one glance and say, that's not hard math to do. Yes, sign me up. I'll just pay you cash, my insurance, that my husband's employer pays a lot of money for, Uh and we pay as a family, we pay a lot of money for, it's no good to me here, right? Because then you still have to, you still have your copay. (laughs) Right, so why pay a $75 copay when your cash price is lower? Uh, I don't know, that's a good question. So, (laughs) exactly, so the, the first epiphany I had was all the money we pay in premiums could very well be wasted. Um, if we would just work direct between buyer and seller, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very involved in helping promote the Free Market Medical Association in the Carolinas, David Contorno and Dr. Shane Purcell and I. And you actually went to a meeting I with did. me when yeah, we first kicked off that, that association. And so the whole concept um, that Dr. Keith Smith and I think Jay Kempton um, – dreamed up when they started that association was that buyer and seller could come together in a direct and transparent relationship and not have middle people mucking it up in the middle. And so that was kind of one of the first epiphanies I had was standing right here in this office as a potential new patient, looking at my insurance card and realizing it was no good to me here, that I could get better care for less money by not even using that. And you are not the only instance. I've had multiple people who have taken the call myself or uh, answered questions for people when they wanted to utilize their insurance and they had no idea what their copay even was. So I told them, call their insurance company, figure it out, and a lot of times they end up calling back because their copay is $45, $65, $75 mm-hmm. for a specialist. So, okay, let's reverse. Let's go back in time. Tell us your story. Um, tell us how you got started and, and obviously, you had experiences in your career that led you to believe the fee-for-service insurance reimbursement environment was not for you, and, this, and then bring us to current. Okay. So um, how far back do you want me to go? Let me see here. Um, so I went uh, to undergrad knowing that I wanted to be in the healthcare field. Um, so I went going for my bachelor's in biology I was pre-dental for a long time um, until after I actually graduated, um, finished um, undergrad, went worked for a dentist office and realized as much as I loved it, it wasn't the right practice for me. Um, so I decided to take my undergrad degree and uh, look at chiropractic. Um, that was kind of always on the back burner. Um, so got into school and enjoyed my experience there, but I was still hungry. Uh, the internship experience was a little slower paced and finding that balance um, when you're dealing with a patient of time but also efficiency uh, is really important and um, that was one of the things I thought lacked in my internship it was we spent a lot of time but it wasn't efficient time mm-hmm. um, so I was still very hungry trying to find a model um, and I got very, was very fortunate to get an associateship position after my chiropractic schooling in New Hampshire uh, and um, he had an excellent practice model, very efficient, um, high, a little bit higher volume than I, I am right now and that I want to see. 
uh, in the end, but uh, it was it was great because I learned a lot how to deal with a patient efficiently, but still give them the attention and uh, focus that they deserve when they're in there with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I worked there for a few years, um, learned quite a bit, and decided to, uh, for personal reasons, move to North Carolina um, to chase down my in-laws because of our, our growing family. My, I have some family up in New York and her family was, my wife's family was down here. So we decided to chase them down because it was too hard to see anybody um, on weekends with the little ones. So we decided to chase them down and moving down here, I looked for another associateship because we were in the transition and started one. And within a couple of days knew it wasn't, again, the right fit for me. So decided to pull the trigger and open up my own practice and um, run it the way I wanted to run it and it's I'm not looking back I love it I actually enjoy being here every mm-hmm. day helping people and uh, as far as um, did you want me to get into how I got set up in the cash yeah practice? please yeah during my uh, associateship uh, I enjoyed it but there were some frustrations that came along with that and a lot of them came from the inconsistencies of um dealing with insurance, having reception and assistance, knowing being on the same page as the doctors um, and rules changing yearly, almost yearly uh, with insurance companies, um, rates changing, being having to be a member. It just is it's too much. And it honestly, it's distracting from spending time with the patient and right. being attentive to the patient. Like I said, more so than just time, attention. If your mind is distracted thinking about money's coming in or out you're not giving good focus to where it should be i mean because it's enough <laughs> just to understand the human body and all of the you know all of the highly skilled knowledge and experience that a doctor must have mm-hmm. but then you start to d- dilute that with all this other ancillary stuff that you have to think yes. about it, you know between Blue Cross or United Healthcare or Cigna or, or another, you know, even other insurance companies maybe that you've never heard of. Yeah. So that is just, frankly, in my opinion, it's too much, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, you, you talked at the beginning about um, keeping costs lower. How you can do that is, yeah, I mean, essentially we have less staff. I'm not That's staffing, right. so it keeps my overhead costs lower, which means I can charge patients lower. And I haven't had explaining that to patients when they ask, I haven't had a single negative response in two years that I've been open here. Mm-hmm. Um, no hems or haws about the cost of care. Um, people just, they understand. So insurance companies are essentially making it really easy yeah. <laughs> to do this. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're uh, giving us plenty of content for yeah. um, telling these stories. You know, and, and these are some of the same this, this is some of the same feedback I get from direct primary care physicians mm-hmm. and to date, I um, have developed a decent relationship and even a working partnership with about a dozen different um, direct primary care doctors across the Carolinas. And um, yes, the story is the same. We, we need m- more time with our patients, and we didn't want to, to um, you know, have all of the overhead it was going to take just to be able to accept insurance. Um, and so, hey, when an employer looks at that model and understands that when an employee starts in a, um, 
starts in a relationship where the, the care is totally focused on them and, and your wheels aren't spinning behind the scenes thinking, how am I going to get paid for this encounter? Um, I think employers start to understand that what they're paying for is more high quality, mm-hmm. um, more focused care and attention. And then especially in the direct primary care world, those doctors have such an inside track, an inside knowledge uh, to the rest of the healthcare system that's in that community. And um, I can imagine that you do too. You've developed relationships with um, other parts of the healthcare community here in our county. And um, when employees have, uh, I say employees, but right now you're, you're not even working with any dire- employers directly. You're, um, you know, one patient at a time. So when those patients have issues outside of what chiropractic can deliver, mm-hmm. you know, you're an advocate for them. You can, you can help um, direct them in places that may, they may not otherwise know how to go yeah. on their own. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, my, my ultimate goal is to help people however I can. Um, and a lot of it is, like I said, through education. I just had a gentleman yesterday. Um, I don't, he paid, I don't know how many thousand dollars for an MRI. Hmm. And it wasn't oh really gosh. explained to him. And I get this all the time. You're spending that much money, but you're not even understanding what's really on it. Yeah. So I try to take what time I can um, to sit down with people and walk them through understanding what these images are, what it what it pertains, what it might mean, mm-hmm. um, and I've get nothing but appreciation for that because yeah. um, people aren't getting it elsewhere. When it's not even my image, I didn't take it. I know, right? <laughs> but um, I feel like they have the right to understand what that is, what it means. Absolutely. Um, I re- recall my first encounter here and how um, how much time you spent with me, and we talked more often than anything else, just about posture and just about how you carry your frame and even your gait and how you walk um, and and how you sit in a chair. And so I'm thinking, okay, (laughs) these are things that I should have known already, but I needed a person to point out that just the normal everyday activity and the weight of the world on a person well, that, that mechanical cre- stress that yeah, yeah that creates the emotion. sort of stress that that ends up ultimately in pain. Yeah. So that that opens up a whole new can of worms. Let's talk about pain and pain associated with some of the terrible things we're hearing about in our society related to opioids and unnecessary surgeries and just the kind of tragic consequences that can come from not treating pain appropriately. Yeah, so (laughs) pain. Um, I think the biggest thing is a misconception about what pain is. Um, In most cases, pain is your brain just signaling, saying, hey, you have something going on here. It's It's a white flag. It means pay attention, do something, change something. If you cover that up through pharmaceuticals, um, um, surgery. I mean, there's lots of things, but if you cover that up, you're essentially not getting to the root of why you are experiencing that pain, which can snowball into other issues. Um, the reason I deal so much with like posture and mechanics is because... Speaking of that, I think yeah. I need to sit up straighter. <laughs> posture and mechanics is because our body 
weighs something, you have to carry that weight around every day. Mm-hmm. And I, we tend to take, I've noticed, we tend to take those simple things like walking and standing and sitting for granted. We think we, our body just knows how to do it properly. Yeah. But it doesn't if you don't pay attention. And the reason for that is you deal with gravity every day. You're, you're um, putting yourself in positions that we shouldn't be for long periods of time, like sitting. For, right. <laughs> sitting for long periods, um, driving in cars. So there's a lot of things that pull you away from what normal is. So you have to remind yourself and train yourself to, to maintain that. Um, I kind of got a little off track there. But, um, but yeah, pain is people's, I guess, patients' biggest motivators to go see just about anybody, so, um, any physician. Yeah. Um, but you should understand that it's not the enemy. So merely getting rid of the pain is not going to solve your problem. There you go. Right. That that makes me remember that I was um, I had some uh, muscle spasms going on in my neck. I had some um, pain in my upper back. Like I would constantly squeeze my shoulder blades together, hoping to relieve some of that. So your body's telling you what it, right. what it needs. <laughs> and I had left hip issues pretty consistently. And I I remember any kind of stretching or whatever, I would try to alleviate that. And I I remember I would go like lean way over, do one of those side stretches, you know, extend your arm over to the side and and, and just really try to stretch out that pain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) None of it worked. And I want to say within about five visits, five to six maybe visits, um, most of that was gone. Now, we would, um, we would work on other things, and you showed me um, exercises and core sorts of exercises to do, which I still need to do better, um, <laughs> doing those things on a, mo- a, mo- a more regular basis. But even just engaging my core muscles really helped, um, mm-hmm. just like you said they would. And, and I saw those results. And, you know, for all those people out there who dismiss chiropractic as something like quackery. Mm-hmm. Um, I want everyone to know that that those muscle spasms in my neck have never returned. Um, the pain in my upper back only bothers me when I don't pay attention to my posture like you told me to. And the and the pain in my left hip is totally gone. Uh, it never returned. So for for everyone who wants to dis um, dismiss or discount chiropractic as something that's, you know, not proven or whatever. Yes. Explain to me (laughs) why I got those awesome results out of doing what my chiropractor told me I needed to do. So I just, I just want you to talk a little bit more about the spine and the, the nerves and, and how it all, uh, gets in alignment when you do what you do with the adjustments and, and all of the, um, you know, all the things that chiropractors do. Okay. So this, this is essentially a lot of what the new patient appointment entails. It's mm-hmm. like I said, educating people on why they're coming in. I guess that's the big question is why do you feel pain? Why do you think you feel pain? Um, and getting people to understand what it could be, what's, what could be feeding into that. Um, so, Typically, everybody that comes into a chiropractor's office understands um, that they're going to get an adjustment. They understand that terminology of it. Um, so I like to ask, 
Oh, let's ask you. It's been a couple of years. How do you think the adjustment affects the body? I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah, oh, that's okay. <laughs> I feel like immediate release of tension um, in in a variety of areas. So so today, you know, somewhat uh, two years removed from when when I was having all those issues that I d- already described. So today, when when there's two or three weeks um, between adjustments. Um, most of the, the pressure and the tension I start to accumulate is in my upper back. Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me yep. what area that is again. Uh, the cervical thoracic okay. region. Yes. Yeah, so okay. Upper thoracic region. Yeah. So, right. Um, I, I imagine it's the part of the spine that feels, especially the weight of your head and your neck when you hunch over yes <laughs> especially like you say and i drive a lot i i some weeks i drive five six seven hundred miles a week um and i sit in front of a computer a lot and so sometimes i'm leaning over and maybe not yeah. holding my upper yeah. back in the right posture so when i come in here and i get adjusted um, i feel immediate release in that part of 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 my body because you've you've aligned that back to where it was supposed to be right yeah. did so, i get that right so you got yeah you got a couple of the pieces absolutely um so you talked about relief or release of tension that's again, again uh resolving symptoms improving symptoms which is a big part of what i want to help people with and any physician should want to help people with um but it's not just about that. So trying to redirect a patient's understanding about what's going on in the background that leads them to have symptoms in the first place. So those bring me over to more functional things. So when you adjust, uh, as a chiropractor, when you adjust a joint, um, essentially you're trying to um, stimulate the neurology around that joint. Um, You're improving mobility. Um, And then one thing you said, improving alignment. So... By improving alignment and mobility, and then you're essentially affecting the stress and tension and input into your nervous system. And that is the system that controls and coordinates pretty much the rest of your body. Mm -hmm. So if you don't get good input into it, you're not going to get good output, um, which is control, which Mm -hmm. is all functional stuff. So as much as I want to help people with symptoms, I try to redirect the understanding that I also want you functioning the best that you can. Um, so that you're less likely to build symptoms in the first place, but also more likely to, if you did have an injury or uh, an instance where you're damaged or hurt yourself, that you're going to bounce back from that quicker because you're not putting that extra stress on it all the time. And it had an effect on my physical activity. So the the pain in my left hip um, essentially halted a much more active lifestyle. So mm-hmm. since that pain is gone, I've started, you know, walking and running again um, for exercise. And there was a, a time there, many months, where I would use that left hip pain as an excuse to say, no, I, I don't feel like going for a run because it's going to make my hip hurt, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely uh, tied in. To, to the quality of life that you lead, right? And so when, when you can say, huh, yeah, I do feel like going for a run today. Let's lace up these shoes and, um, you know, put the, put the headphones in the ears and, and go for a nice run and have some physical activity, 
that, you know, we all need that. I mean, everyone talks about being more physically active, having a better diet, um, you know, and, and it's just hard to do that when your body feels limited. (laughs) It absolutely is. It's a hurdle. It keeps you from doing and functioning the way you should be for sure. So I mentioned diet. Let's talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's all for today. Join us again next time for more with Dr. Jordan Johnson. Thank you for joining our important discussion as we attempt to hashtag Let's Fix Healthcare. Please subscribe to our podcast and let us know what you think. For more information on the work we do at Custom Benefit Solutions, visit our website at www.custombenefits.work.